Welcome in. Good to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome to everybody on the network. Appreciate you being here. Packers getting ready to go to take on the Washington Commanders. Just the third time. Packers are playing three straight games on the road. The first game between Green Bay and Washington took place in 1932, by the way. I don't know if that means anything to you. I don't even know if most of you probably weren't even alive then. I know I wasn't, so who cares? <laughs> but there you have it. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in Mark Schofield, uh, our buddy from SB Nation, joining us uh, on the hotline. Mark, how you doing, pal? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you doing today, buddy? I am good. Uh, you tell me outside looking in what you make of this Packers, uh, t- we'll just say team in general at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point you have to say it's time to hit that old panic button. Um, and it's it's both sides of the ball, really. And you look at that game against New York, you know, struggles to finish drives, struggles to maintain drives, struggles to generate explosive plays. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, struggle to get off the field, struggle to stop a, a Jets offense. And, you know, with respect to that game, I think that Jets defense obviously has some talented players. Sauce Gardner is emerging as an elite-level corner already just through six weeks of his NFL career. So you might anticipate some struggles on offense. But, you know, when you're on defense against Zach Wilson and company, you're not expecting that offense to put up points. You know, you're expecting that defense to sort of carry the day. And that's the theme going into this year that you and I talked about even in the summer was if it takes this offense time to figure things out, if it takes time for Rodgers to get on the same page with these new receivers, these rookie receivers, this is a defense that's going to be able to get stops, gives them some short fields, give them opportunities to, instead of needing to put together a 12-play drive, it's just, hey, we got you the ball midfield. You're almost in field goal range now. You can get some points that way. That this defense is going to be able to sort of carry the weight, and that hasn't happened. And so I think you look around, and it's, yeah, it's it's probably panic time. Now, the saving grace might be it's not Halloween, so it's still early. You get a Washington team this week that we all know what's going on in Washington right now. And the NFC at large doesn't look to be all that great anyway. So there's time to figure things out. But, yeah, some some changes need to be made here. The uh, the pack, You talk about the Packers' defense. I want to start there. Their, their ability to stop, they're on their 26th in the National Football League right now, 26th worst, and they've given up seven rushing touchdowns so far this season. What I mean, This was supposed to be a defensive front that was fortified, picking up Jerron Reed and obviously Kenny Clark and filling the bill with the linebacking core. Quay Walker is not a run stuffer by any stretch of the imagination, and I understand that, but is it just as simply as simple as saying Quay Walker's not filling the bill? I mean, I think that's part of it. I, I think, you know, in this world we're living in, teams are finding more and more effective ways to run the football as defenses lead into the two deep safety looks. And you're seeing teams across the league find ways to generate yardage on the ground. But where the Packers are right now, that's a problem. You know, if you're sort of bottom of the barrel when it comes to stopping the run, you're going to see teams run the football until you can sort of figure it out. I think, you know, Walker is certainly part of that. I think what teams are doing on the interior, getting some push, getting some doubles on the inside, you know, you need other players to sort of step up. You need linebackers. You know, if you're kept clean because of a double team at the point of attack and the defensive line and you're clean as a linebacker, you've got to find a way to make plays. And so I think that's something that I'm going to be watching from this Packers defense going forward is, you know, can they get linebackers and those second-level defenders to stop the run? Because looking around the league generally, the last thing you want to do is, 
really lead into single high coverage is to bring that safety down because you're so afraid of stopping the run right now. You can't do it with the front you have. That's when these offenses are going to take to the air. That's the sort of push and pull we've talked about. If you want to stay in too high, you got to be able to stop the run. And if you can't stop the run that way, and you start spinning that safety down almost exclusively playing single high, that's when teams are going to attack you deep along the outside. It's amazing because the completion percentage against the Packers defense is over 70%, albeit they've given up the least amount of yards through the air over every defensive team. So they're number one against yards. They've only given up four touchdowns, but they only have one pick, one turnover. But quarterbacks are completing 70% of the, the passes against them. Meanwhile, their run defense, they're 25th. They've given up seven touchdowns on the ground. They're 22nd in yards per carry at 4.9, and they're 26th in overall yards. It Basically, if you're going to win, just run the ball against them, and they can't stop you, right? Yeah, and, you know, that gets us to the tension, right, because you're giving up – you know, when you're in too high, you might be giving us some stuff underneath, but you'll take that and prevent the explosive plays. But if what happens is quarterbacks are going to hit for, you know, 70% of their throws because they're attacking you in the soft spots underneath, and then they're having that kind of success running the football, you know, you add those two things together, and it's not hard to see where your response might be if you're a defensive coordinator. It's, well, we can't stop the run out of these light boxes. We're going to start crowding the box, also constrict some of those throwing lanes, which might take that away, but then you might start giving up those plays deeper downfield in the passing game. Like, that's the sort of tension that's that's happening right now with this Packers defense, and this is what they have to figure out. Are they going to continue to sort of eliminate explosive plays but give up the stuff underneath them in the run game, or are they going to start forcing the issue near the line of scrimmage, perhaps exposing them to, to deeper plays downfield and more explosive plays downfield? Is the offensive line the problem? I mean, the the ability to open holes, the ability to – because it used to be one of the best pass-blocking offensive lines in football, and we have seen just a bums rush on Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of weeks against two teams from New York. Uh, is it just as simple as saying the offensive line needs to give him more time and open up holes? I mean, I certainly think that's part of it. You know, you look at – you know, what this offensive line has done so far. You look at, you know, whether it's pass block, win rate, or things like that. It's an offensive line that hasn't been great, and Rodgers is pressured as a result. And while Aaron Rodgers is still a very, very talented quarterback, when you're constantly being pressured, you know, eventually it's going to sort of catch up with you. I sort of uh, sometimes uh, allude to, you know, those body blows that a boxer faces. Like, yeah, you might be able to shrug, shrug the first couple off in, in the opener rounds, but they sort of add up over time. They start taking their toll. And when you look at Rodgers right now, you know, one pressure this year, one touchdown, one interception, a adjusted completion percent of 68.4, which is kind of middle of the pack in the NFL right now. You know, with Aaron Rodgers and the talent he has, you'd like to see those numbers a little bit higher. That pressure is starting to sort of add up. But, you know, that's perhaps the main headline with the offense. And I think a subset to that is, can they generate explosive plays without RPOs, without some of the two back packages that they've used? Can they find different ways to do it? Uh, my colleague over at SB Nation, J.P. Acosta, wrote a great piece about the Packers and the Bucks and whether we should be worried about those two teams. And one of the things he said is, look, this offense right now feels like Miami's last year, which, as we all know, heavy RPO, you know, was all schemed up. But when it was just sort of a straight drop back, trying to create explosive plays downfield, that's when it sputtered. You get that same feeling right now watching this Packers offense. When you get into the RPOs and some of the two-back pony package looks, that's created some opportunities. But when they just go straight drop back, it's not quite there. And so, you know, do they lean into that stuff more? Do they just try to fix this by scheme? Do they fix it via offensive line? How do they answer that question in the weeks ahead? 
Talking about Mark Schofield at SB Nation, you can find him at Mark Schofield over on Twitter as well. The uh, the contenders and pretenders in the NFC. We know Philadelphia six and one, very good. The Giants at five and one. Do you still do you believe in that five and one record? I, Bill, I think it's a little bit thin because through six weeks they play teams with a combined record right now of sixteen and nineteen. They get Jacksonville and Seattle the next two weeks, teams with a combined five and seven record, and so. Up and through their bye, which is, you know, three weeks from now, they'll play teams that are combined 21 and 26. And so the record, yeah, five wins. And they could be 7-1 headed into their bye. That's great. After their bye, though, they get Philly twice. They get Dallas, who's currently 4-2. They get Minnesota, who's sitting there at 5-1. So the records of the teams that they play after the bye, at least right now, is 30-20-2. So it's going to be a completely different situation for them coming out of this bye week. And so I'm sort of reserving judgment on the Giants. I think a lot of what they've done to date is take advantage of this part of their schedule. If we get into, say, November, out of their bye, towards Thanksgiving, and they're still winning games, then I think it's time to believe. But I want to see it against, you know, more difficult competition than what they face so far. Then you got the Cowboys. And uh, Cooper Rush, I thought, you know, for all the discussion about whether or not there'd be a quarterback controversy, put that aside. I think he did a fantastic job to keep him at 4-2. and two. If you would have said if Dak Prescott went down in week one and he was going to be 4-1 and one overall, I think you'd have taken that, right? Absolutely. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. And, you know, I know Jerry Jones got a lot of pushback when he said, you know, hey, I'd love to have sort of a quarterback competition discussion when Dak's healthy because of the way Cooper Rush has played. But I think what he said is right in the sense that the fact that Cooper Rush, you know, four and one while he was the starting quarterback, that let them be patient with Dak Prescott. They could take their time bringing them back. They didn't have to rush him back. They could let him get to 100% or as close to it as possible, which is huge because as we saw last year with Russell Wilson, he had, you know, the hand injury. They rushed him back quickly and he, took him like three four weeks before you could tell that it wasn't bothering him anymore rush's performance was exactly what the cowboys needed they could be patient with Dak. you know yes they lost monday night and like you said you know any sort of idea that this was a true quarterback controversy probably got put to bed around you know 9 30 on the east coast that night but i think beyond that though it gave them the time to let Dak heal stay afloat and now look you, with that defense you get a healthy Dak. What a surprise to see Dallas put together a little run. Uh, are the Minnesota Vikings for real? I, I'm still hesitant. I'm still very hesitant, though. And I know I've been hesitant saying the Vikings are real. Basically, all summer long through the start of the season, I sat down this week with every intention of writing the, hey, it's time to take the Vikings for real piece. I was studying their offense. And I just, I just couldn't piece it together because I couldn't quite believe myself that oh, there's something here. You look at some struggles on offense in the second half of games, struggles on offense against the Dolphins, you know, after they got out to that lead. It's a situation where, similar to the Giants in a sense, I think some of what they've done is a reflection on who they've played. Um, I think there's talent there, but I want to see this sustained beyond the first six weeks of the season. So I'm not there yet with Minnesota. I know there are people that are, are, that are there with Minnesota, but I'm still not buying the other teams that are 3-3, three and three, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, who's real? <laughs> I, I don't know if any of them are real, Bill. I, I really don't. I mean, I think the team that probably has the best chance to be real is, is Tampa Bay just because, you know, I, I still 
it's hard for me to count out Tom Brady. You know, I know that team has sort of been up and down. They're three and three. There's struggles on offense, but then he still had some throws Sunday where it's like, yeah, this is Tom Brady. He's still so good at what he does. Yes, they lost to Pittsburgh in a game that I don't think anybody picked, you know, when they were making their picks going into this weekend. But it's hard for me to count that team out. Atlanta's interested because they're doing it largely via the ground game. How sustainable is that over the next couple of weeks of the season? Teams are eventually going to start figuring out what they do on the ground. And I don't think Marcus Mariota at the point is where he can sort of throw that team to victory if he needs to. You know, I feel a similar way about San Francisco. We know what they are and what they are not. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo is and is not. And so I, I, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of that cluster of three and three teams are the team that I still believe in the most. Great stuff as always. I appreciate it real quick. Best team in the AFC. Is it still between the Bills and the, uh, and the Chiefs, or is there another team there that you would say, okay, that team's going to be in the mix as well? Yeah, I mean, it's still between those two teams. Those two teams look sort of light years ahead of everybody. I've got some questions about Baltimore right now and finishing games. You know, maybe keep an eye on New England. It seems like they're figuring some things out out in New England. Uh, they've been doing it the past couple of weeks with a third-string, you know, rookie quarterback. But Buffalo and Kansas City, they still look like the two best teams in that, in that conference. Great stuff, Mark. I appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great day. But- Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. That's where you can read his stuff, good stuff from him. And a great breakdown of the Packers. It just, he's right, man. There's, there, there's, there's no question the statistics don't lie. And I know they always say statistics are for losers, but they can't. The, the Packers are woeful at stopping the run right now. And their defensive prowess when it comes to the secondary is good. They're not giving up a ton of yards, but still completion percentage is high. Why? Because the underneath passing routes are wide open on a consistent basis. That's the reason the completion – they're still one of the best in the league at, at not giving up a ton of yardage. They're number one. But quarterbacks are still completing 70% or better against them because everything underneath is open. And they're being able to – they're not playing any press man. That's an indicator of that. So the defense – on its heels, on its heels, on its heels, gets off the, 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 the field for a majority of the game, and then when it counts the most, all of a sudden they don't flip the switch to be able to go play press man and get up in anybody's face. They just don't do it. So they play on their heels. They try to keep everything in front of them. We see teams go down, figure it out, chunk away, and score. And the offense doesn't have the ability to come back. They don't have that two-minute ability. We have not seen a two-minute drive out of this team yet that's worth a damn which is exactly what I thought it was going to be the problem at was going to be problematic going into this season. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to go if you're going to be out watching uh, games this evening or uh, this weekend i should say our friends at the sunset grill i just saw they uh, just posted some stuff on facebook and uh, some really good looking 
meals. <laughs> For lack of a better term, I don't know how else to say it, but good stuff. Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake out there. Maybe even uh, I know it's going to time's going to change, so you're not going to get out there early enough to watch the sunset. But a uh, great view uh, out there on Pewaukee Lake. So good stuff from our friends at the Sunset Grill and uh, just good people. I, a lot of the places I say that about, but that, that's the truth. Sunset Grill, really good people out on Pewaukee Lake. So here's real quick, and I, I want to get back into the Packers stuff here for just a second, but uh, and, and we're going to you know take the phone calls. But I do want to get into the NFL stuff uh, overall. There was a heated exchange between Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft at the owners' meeting, in case you didn't know. Jerry telling Robert Kraft, don't F with me. And it's over the contract compensation for Roger Goodell. Now, Jerry Jones is the lone dissenter. All the other owners have agreed in principle of the pay structure and the bonus structure of Roger Goodell's new contract. Roger Goodell's not going anywhere. I've said this for years. He's not going anywhere. Why? Because he makes some money. He knows how to make them money. They they don't give a damn about everything else. They just want to make money. But... Jim Ursay, who is the Colts owner, spoke out about the Daniel Snyder situation and basically said that, yeah, he believes that there's there's merit um, to, to removing uh, Daniel Snyder as the owner of the commanders. Ursay said from the hotel lobby, there's consideration that should, he should be removed. They called it, quote, gravely concerning. There was not a vote yesterday, just an FYI. They did not vote. There was going to be no vote that was going to take place at the meetings yesterday. Uh, the owners want to hear more about the investigation, which I think is a steaming pan load. I, there are owners that I believe, and this is what I believe. I believe there's owners out there that are scared. That he does have dirt on them. That he does know where the bodies are buried. Because there's no way this, this, this clown should be owning a, an NFL team. None. And that's the reason he still has power. Again, information is power, not money. The more information you have, the more powerful you can get, the more deals you can make. And I really believe that now. Because this guy, there's no way he should be anywhere near the front office of an NFL team. Now, I granted he's not supposedly the day-to-day guy anymore. His wife is. Oh, there's a shock. Like, they don't talk. But that's where we're at in the NFL. I, I really believe he does have dirt on the NFL. That they would just love for this to go away. But they all know he's a scumbag. He's the he's the leader of the scumbags, so to speak. But that's what's going on in the NFL. We'll talk more about that coming up. Billy, uh, do you seven, think Dan Snyder has enough dirt to get Jason Garrett off the Sunday Night Football cast? <laughs> uh, you kind of wish that he would. Yeah, Jason Garrett's so milk toast. He's you the know? clapper, King you Clapper. Just, you, you you love him because he said "Fly Eagles, Fly." No, I just had to celebrate that because <laughs> I don't know. Right, he's medio. He is the epitome of mediocrity. Yes, he is. He is not going to do anything to stir the pot. He is not going to be controversial. Is it the reason people love and hate uh, Rex Ryan? Because he says what he feels. And you may hate it, but you respect it. You know you're going to get the straight shot from him. Whereas Jason Garrett, you always feel like you're, you're only getting half the story. The milk toast doesn't work, man. It yeah, just, Matt, it, I, it, I lost yeah. the Rex Ryan foot joke for my drop board. I got to go back oh. and find it. <laughs> so there you go.
877-867-1670. Let's go to Gerard from Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? I, how you doing, Bill? Um, Good. Yeah, so Daniel Snyder did say it's run like the mafia, did he not? He did. I believe you know, too. So, but you know, we, you know, I miss characters in sports anymore. I, I do miss it. You know, maybe the Sopranos are running it. Who knows? But right. Um, <laughs> you know, when they say simplify the offense. Does that mean Rodgers is going to draw the plays in the dirt, or what do they mean by that? I think it's simplify the call, it's simplify the terminology, it's simple, simplify the blocking schemes and such. It's just, I, I think instead of being trying to be so exotic and match up to what others are doing and try to do it, it I think it's too much. They don't have enough time to be exotic. I think it's just. Get back to the basics of football. Simplify things in that realm. And again, I, I, have, I go ahead. Why have guys like Runyon and all regress? So that's what you got to look at. And if they do, let's say, for instance, look, they say they don't want to give up the price for Claypool. Let's say it's a third rounder. Well, what have they drafted in the third round the last? Five oh, I give a third rounder in a heartbeat because your third rounds have sucked. Right, exactly. So so they're going to use some kind of an excuse not to do it. My point would, I, I think this year's lost, in my opinion. Okay, so what I'm looking at is if they do get a good receiver, that Rodgers has the, uh, uh, he can work with them this year. So he doesn't have an excuse next year to say, well, hold it, we didn't have the chemistry, we didn't have this, we didn't have that. You know, I, I don't get it. I can't understand why Rodgers can't make these guys better. I don't understand that. I think if he's going to make them better, he's got to have time to make them better, and I think the offensive line has been somewhat of a shambles. I mean, you're oh, mismatch. You're, 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 well, in part, you're putting Josh Nyman and, and David Bakhtiari, you're flip-flopping them uh, so nobody gets into a rhythm against the, the opponent. Your right side of your line, your, your tackle is better at guard. You won't move your left tackle over to your right guard or your right tackle position. Uh, and uh, you've had a mismatch of, of people on the inside. I, I and, and well, the guy me, that was so impressive in the preseason, Zach Tom, can't even find a field. Well, can I ask you this question? Do you think Jenkins said, no, I don't want to move inside because I'm looking for more money? Absolutely. You think he really said, that's interesting. Well, then that, that question should be asked. That, that definitely should be asked. Because Absolutely. I, I guarantee you his agent, his because he's coming up on a contract, I guarantee you his agent is talking to Brian Gutekind saying, hey, we, we want our guy paid like a tackle. That's where he's been playing. That's what we want him paid as. No, it's a, it's a, this is ridiculous. You can't have that. You can't have yeah. You got to put the best players in the best in the positions to succeed. You can't do that. You can't play that game with these guys. So, yeah, yep. I'm, uh, you know, Bill, I, I tell you, if they don't whack uh, Washington this weekend, and they barely beat them, or if they lose them, forget about it. If they barely beat them, to me, it's a loss. So that I would, it would be the same as if they go in and barely lose to Buffalo. You would consider that a win. If you barely beat the Washington Commanders, say you beat them on a last second field goal, they, you know, it's exciting, but it, for the most part, it's, it would be, you're right, it, it would be nothing. almost considered a loss. Yeah. Oh, that uh, incredible! Thanks. Hey, listen, you got so many Philly fans there. Come on now, <laughs> what's going on with all the Philly fans? I mean, you know, it's now. it's the it's the Kenny effect. He's he's likable. He's rubbing off on everybody. He is a likable guy. He really yeah. is. He's articulate. He's very likable, and and the whole bit. But uh, 
Uh, look, I, I, I used to go to a lot of Philadelphia games, and I was there at Packer games where, where at halftime they had remote control, Red Baron and this guy flying them around, and they were throwing bottles at the thing, throwing bottles <laughs> at the guys. <laughs> Listen, rolled up aluminum foil, they were hailing at them. And, yeah. and, uh, it's in the, and we had to go and leave at halftime and sit in the car. Because we couldn't, oh, they were they were harassing us so bad. We're not going to go up against twenty, thirty guys now. Come on now. Right? No, I, I don't blame you, man. There you go, you, Gerard. Pre- you know, appreciate that, it, buddy, and glad you're safe. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you, buddy. He's ben, a Cardinals that's your guy. people, man. That's I, your people. Well, that's why I was telling him, and he starts talking to me about the Cardinals and baseball heaven and the best fans and <laughs> oh, the guys that leave in the ninth inning when the team's losing. Like, come on, yeah. Man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I feel like he's trying to sweet talk me though, and then actually but, beat oh, yeah. down the no, city. He, he gave you some props. I don't there blame you go. Him. Yeah. Um. By the way, the third round pick: uh, Oren Burks, Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara, Amari Rogers, and Sean Ryan. Now we don't know what the uh, results are on Sean Ryan as of yet, but that have been your third round picks. Basically, your third round picks. You would. Wipe your rear end with those things. They have not panned out. Hopefully, Sean Ryan does, but not as of yet. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, you want to do it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hey, friends of Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And, um... Boy, with the wind that's been howling through this area lately and the cool, the I should say the cold nights that we've had, uh, not a worry. Uh, the great room, uh, let me let me go there. Uh, the, the room that's underneath where I'm at now. Uh, traditionally, I've, there, there's a, a room that has another set of doors that close it off to the rest of the house. And that room has never been able to really kind of keep up with the heat, so to speak. Uh, the heat would always run and it always was three or four degrees behind the rest of the house. Uh, not anymore. That's what kind of a difference that patio door has made from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, at night when we've been in the upper 20s, low 30s, and I'd go down there, there's no change. And that's amazing because I, I didn't realize that it could be a two to three degree difference, four degree difference uh, for that room with that just a door replaced. But it is literally right now saving me money. That's how good the Pella windows and doors from PellaWI.com are. PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. I keep that room set at about 6970. And I went down there the other night when it was in the upper 20s. Was, I think it was 27, 28 degrees here. And uh, when I went down there, it was right at 69 right where I said it. Normally it would lose a degree or two and then you got to close the room off and just try to let it keep up uh, from the rest of the house and I don't have to do that. It, it's it's I, I couldn't be happier and that is one of those unsolicited testimonials for Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com and give them a shout. Pella 
WI.com or call them 855 Pella WI. So, one of the other questions that I had was, would you go after Brandon Cooks? Now, first of all, that, that, that's a big contract. I don't know if the Packers could even work that deal in for Brandon Cooks, but would I take him? Yeah. And the reason I would is because, yes, productivity wise and such, it's been down a little, but I'll say this. Um, the productivity is down because the quarterback play is down. He's not big. He's only, I think, like 5'8 or 5'9, but he's 29 years old. You still got three, four good years left with him. I'd take Brandon Cooks, but he's he's been banged up. But if, if that deal were there to be made and he was coming back, yeah, I'd do that. So just for, for the people that are questioning. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phone calls. Let's go to Tom. Tom, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Bill. How are you doing today? Good today. What's up? Well, at the top of the list of the many reasons I listen to your show is that you do a really good job of educating your um, your listeners. And I had a couple of questions related there, too. Beginning with the offensive line, why wouldn't, why wouldn't the Packers – in the second half, why would they have inserted Zach Tom for a series or two um, just to see how he does? Can't, can't, can't you put a guy in for two, three series and get a feel for how he's performing? I, I think anything at that point would have been better than watching the pass rush just be in the face of Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you, and he was a guy that they were really high on coming out of training camp, that he had performed really well, he's done everything they wanted him to do. Unless it's just this intricate knowledge of the offense that you know young guys don't understand yet, I have no idea why you wouldn't have given him a shot. He couldn't be any worse. Put it that way. Whose call is it? Does Butkus make that call, or does Lafleur make that call? That's Lafleur's. Like- that, that's Lafleur's call. I, I mean, certainly Butkus would look at it and say, "Hey, look, uh, you know Royce Newman and company—they're just not getting it done. Let's let's try him." But it would ultimately be Matt uh, Matt Lafleur's call. Okay. The second question I had. Who's our second-best pass-catching tight end on the roster right now? Second-best would probably be Mercedes Lewis. I mean, he's probably got the most sure hands, but he's more of a blocker. He's not even a receiver at this point. Let, let me rephrase. The second-best that might be able to break a tackle and pose a bit of a downfield threat. Um, Probably Josiah DeGuara because he's kind of a tweener between a fullback, a, a wideout, and a tight end. He's kind of that guy. And because he's also got incredibly good hands. So why wouldn't you go to some two-receiver sets, putting DeGuara and uh, Bob Tanya on the line, all of we did in the late 90s when Favre had uh, those the Super Bowl year they had. I forget the two tight ends they had, Chimora and uh, mm-hmm. the other guy out of Oklahoma. Why would, you, uh, why would you try to run some two receiver, two two tight end sets if you've got a deficit of talent at wide receiver? Um, that's a great question. It, w- it would certainly be a different look too for the Packers, something that other teams had not schemed for or seen. Um, Deguara is not a blocker; he is more of a catcher. So if you're going to send somebody out, I don't have a problem with that. Maybe it's just pre- protection because maybe the protection has been so bad. But who, Keith Jackson? Thank you very much, Pack fan. That's who I was thinking, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, but, uh, that's a great question. Maybe it's just for the fact that you're pr- trying to put your best hands on the field, I guess. Cause just, uh, just side of guard. Uh, I think Tanyan creates more of a mismatch than anybody. Uh, that's just me, but I, because he's got wide receiver cut type of speed, but yet he's got a tight end type of body and, and height. 
And I that's the reason you saw them use him so much this past weekend. I, he set a record for tight ends with 10 catches for the Green Bay Packers organization in that game because he became the mismatch. But I, I agree. I, you got to do something different. Even if you put this, Josiah DeGuara, let's say you put Tanyan on the line and DeGuara as a fullback with Jones behind him, and then you run another wide out or so. You know what I mean? It's a different look, something you're not prepping for. And DeGuara, whether or not he's a blitz pickup blocker or he's a lead blocker or he then sprints out on a quick out and catches a pass, either way, you're using something that nobody's seen before on a consistent basis, and you've got good hands coming out of the backfield. I'd, I'd even do that. Yeah, I think you just need a quick chip. I think you might just need a quick chip block here and there to gain another second or two, and then you got something downfield. Uh, any any different look would be a good look at this point, man. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much. Uh, let's get back at it. Let's go to Chris. Chris, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? Hey, my personal thought would be don't do nothing. If you got if you can't get it fixed with what you got now, bringing somebody else in isn't going to get it fixed. Get that offense line fixed. Get Rodgers to get into the offense the way it should be run. And and if and if they start really getting bad, we keep losing games. I say sit Rodgers, put in a young kid. We trade Rodgers in the off season and get some more draft picks because I don't see him getting any better as he gets older. I well, appreciate the phone call. Um, I don't. It's not about getting better. It's not about him getting better. He can't get much better than what he's been. I mean, come on. Um. I don't even know how to refute that. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers gives you the best chance to win. How far How far away are you? That's another thing. I, okay, let's just back it up because it goes back to my question before. Do you even make a trade if you think you're close? Or do you think you're just not close so don't make a trade? Just live with it. Get into a, you know <laughs> a higher-end draft choice this year and then come back out strong next year. You know what I mean? I uh, and and along the way, the young guys that you have, you continue to grow and see what you got, and then you know fill the bill again next year in the draft. I I just think that any year with Aaron Rodgers that you say to hell with it is a waste. You could do that if he was twenty nine years old or thirty one years old, but you can't do it when he's thirty eight going on thirty nine. He'll be thirty nine years old in December. I, I just don't think you wasted, and I don't think you're that far away. We all believed, didn't we? We all believed into this season that with the draft they got better defensively, right? We all believed that. We believed that Devonte Wyatt and Quay Walker were going to add the depth we've been looking for. We believed that the addition of Jerron Reed was going to give them that rotation of bodies up front with T.J. Slayton getting a year better. That they were going to be better against the run. We believe they were better. We believe that with Jair Alexander, Eric, St- Eric Stokes, who is taking the brunt of anger right now in the secondary, but they're still pretty good. We believe that Jair and Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas were going to have picks and they were going to be pass defenders and this machine and nothing. Nothing. They brought in Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon and and Dallin Levitt to be better on special teams. They brought all the this was all supposed to just fit. It was like it was almost too good to be true. And then offensively, we all knew there were going to be questions. 
But we all believed it wasn't going to be the, the problem wasn't going to be the offensive line after what we witnessed last year. And now we're all sitting back on what the hell? What the hell happened? Because it's the same players, only better. That's why you have to look at coaching and go, what's going on? What's going on behind the walls of 1265? Is it the scheme? Is it the, you know, is it the fact that Stenovich isn't working with the guys in the trenches anymore? Was 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 Nathaniel Hackett really the brains behind the operation offensively? Was Luke Getze better than Tom Clements at sitting down and talking with Aaron Rodgers, coaching him up, if you will, making guys around them better? Or do we now go, yeah, it was Devontae Adams. The offense was Devontae. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't the guys around them. It wasn't the offensive line. It was Devontae. Now you know why he threw to Devontae all the time? You know, what What the hell? 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Jake and Melissa and Chris are great people. And I did not sit down with that bottle of wine last night. Didn't do it. I won't be able to do it tonight either. We got some stuff going on. Got the huddle tonight, and then I got to take off. Tomorrow night, though, because uh, I'm off tomorrow. Tomorrow night, ah, I'm face first. Face first. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Forgotten Fire Winery up in Peshtigo. Peshtigo, Wisconsin. That's where you can go to the actual winery. You can walk through it. Go in like a friend of mine. I just had a chance to see Michelle last night. I said, so tell me up, you know, face-to-face, how was it? She said, oh, my God, it was great. And, and Jake was such a good guy. And I met Chris and Melissa, and they were just good people. And we were going through the ciders, and, oh, it was so good. On and on and on. Check out ForgottenFireWinery.com. 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 They're in Peshtigo. Tell them you want the Bill Michaels deal when you go there. And if you can't get to Peshtigo, that's fine. No problem. Stop into your local wine store, grocery store, liquor store, wherever it happens to be, and ask for it by name. Say, hey, I'm looking for uh, bottles of wine from Forgotten Fire Winery. And they'll point you to the right direction. If they don't have it, get the hell out of there. Get out. Say, I'm sorry, I can't shop here anymore. ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are installing their game plan for the Washington Commanders. It's the first of three road games in a row for Green Bay. Washington head coach Ron Rivera says Taylor Heineke will get the start at quarterback and will be backed up by rookie Sam Howell, who they drafted out of North Carolina. That's because Carson Wentz underwent surgery for a broken finger on his throwing hand. Rivera at a press conference yesterday. Taylor will start. He'll be backed up by Sam. With Taylor... What kind of you know spark can he? Well, I think because spark? of the familiarity and the things that we do, um, you know, it'll be an easy transition for us. I think with Taylor too, there there is um, you know there is always that, that that ability to run the ball. He's he's got a little bit of that in him. So it'll be interesting, you know, because the things that we'll do, we'll we'll most certainly do, will match his skill set. The Packers coming off losses to the Giants and the Jets, and now trying to avoid three in a row. Matt Lafleur, I believe in the guys we have in that locker room. 
I think it, it's our job to try to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to put them in position to maximize their talents. And we got to look at everything that we're doing and what we're asking of guys and try to put them in a position where they can have success. Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee Show says despite being 3-3, three and three, he's not overly concerned. There's a lot of football left. We have 11 games left. Now the bye week's coming to play. For us, we have a Thursday night game coming up next month, which gives us two in one week and then and then nice little mini-bye. Uh, so there's a lot of football left. Obviously, we got to play better. I think that's uh, it's understood by everybody uh, in all three phases. Uh, but there's definitely no panic. That's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. show brought to you by our good girl over there lisa lee ortle the real estate company lisa can help you with all your real estate needs whether you're looking for uh, to buy sell invest follow her on facebook or email her lisa moves wi at gmail.com that is lisa moves wi at gmail.com or call her 414-617-6798 and in today's market you're going to need some help because it's it's been slowing down quite a bit and uh, her team of experts, they work with, uh, you know, uh, 1% closing costs, by the way, uh, up to a $3,000 credit and can help you get uh, free mortgage refinancing on loans that are closed still this year. So all you got to do is ask for details. If you want to do a little refi, you can do that. Uh, she also works with veterans and understands VA loans, and she's certified as a condo specialist. So uh, all you got to do is Lisa moves wi at gmail.com. And take a shot if you're thinking about uh, moving or buying. 414-617-6798. 414-617-6798. Lisa moves wi at gmail.com. Good stuff there. Uh, got a question here uh, about when Chris Barnes is going to come back. I, I think he was an IR2 designation which means he could come back even, I think, as soon as this week, if I'm not mistaken, but this week or next. But uh, he had a high ankle sprain, and they called it pretty significant. My guess is that he's got another week or two at least to go. But I think he is eligible to come back, I think it's this week. So three, four, five, six. So I think maybe it's next week. Maybe it's next week. But I think he was an IR2, so that would probably say this week would be out. Uh, or, well, no, I take I, – I, well, but here's the bottom line. He's got to be on the practice field. It was a significantly um, sprained, high ankle sprain uh, when he went down, and they didn't expect him back for – I mean, he went on the IR like right away, like right away. Uh, 877-867-1670. You've got um, Mike Renner coming up, a pro football focus coming up here after the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Get into that. Um, so we got a lot happening still in the last two hours of the program. Two hours. Boy, that, that was quick. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we are going to be live at Joe Mama's. Joe Mama's. Looking forward to it tonight. Going to have some fun out there. Good food. Really good food. Come on out tonight. The Bill Michaels Huddle, live at Joe Mama's, 6 to 8 this evening. And you can listen to it right here on many of these same stations. Or you can find us over there on the app as well. Two down, two to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.